Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, the only feminist scrapbooking show on the planet, where we discuss the amazing ways that people are documenting their lives today. I'm your host, Kristen Tweedale, aka Are You Kristen Feminist Scrapbooker. This is the season of Habit, brought to you by the Awesome Ladies Project community. Download our free app at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash app. Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast. Today on the show, we have Kinjal Tana, and I'm super excited to talk to you again. We had you on the show a couple of weeks ago on our Daily Pages Roundtable, and now we're going to get a little bit more into you and your life. Hey. Hello. You can't see me. Well, you can't see me, but I'm grinning like a lean because uh, I told my friend I was on the podcast three weeks ago. They're like, you're famous. I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> but I do feel famous. Thanks, Kristen. A little bit of famous. I don't know. It's the most famous I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so excited to make you the most famous that you've never been. Woohoo. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I am Kinja. I live in the UK, uh, London, to be precise. I live with my partner and two very tiny people who make up a lot of my life at the moment. Uh, I love the, all things scrapbooking and Lego stationery. And I'm generally drowning in a pile of one of these three things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, in my day job, I work as a boring IT person. But at night, I do all the fun things or sleep. That's me. Yes, I love it. Okay, so I realized that I don't know much about I know little little bits of your backstory yeah but I want to know so were you creative as a kid and what what did that look like how did this lead to the scrapbook loving lego loving kinjal we know today <laughs> it's so funny I was thinking about this the other day that when I was really small like five six you know people ask you what do you want to be when you grow up and when I used to write stories, as you do as a kid, my sister would be a doctor, of course, you know, amazing. My cousin would be a footballer, because that was what he wanted to be. And I would say I wanted to be an artist. And it was funny, because my mom and dad would be like, no, 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 no. And that, in my head, an artist was someone who sold one or two paintings, probably a you know, typical male white guy, and you know, Renaissance something. And I just remember thinking that that got drummed out of me quite quickly after, you know, many years of going through the school system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, our parents were, were brilliant in that they really were very focused on academics. So when I decided to do GCSE art, which is about 15, everyone was a bit like, I'm sorry, what? You want to you wanna spend like time at school studying art? Like, what's wrong with you? And it was a good question. What was wrong with me? Because I was terrible at it. I was really, really bad, like really bad. But there's one thing I'm slightly good at. And that was writing. And it turns out that if you just describe your artwork with very flowery language, you'll get a really good grade. So if you say, like, I, this piece was interpreted by blah, blah, the style of Georgia O'Keeffe, uh, you know, you just make up some sort of sentence about who inspired you. You could do really well at GCSE art. Um, yeah, so that was, that was sort of that art bit. And then scrapbooking bit, I was one of those children that really liked to stick things in. I wanted to save everything. I wanted to draw everything and save everything. And I was bad at that as well. <laughs> so I've got many, many written journals, not many like, scraps. And then I don't know what changed when I was a teenager, but I was like, I must save everything. The age of MSN, I think, came in. And I was like, oh, this is all like digital. I need, I need to save the paper. Um, I'm going to have paper again. 
20 years later. Of course, we still have paper. It's fine. You know, dystopian kidnap is fine. We have paper. <laughs> you didn't need to save the candy wrappers. All is well. Uh, and that's, yeah, fast forward 20 years. Digital scrapbooking, physical scrapbooking, daily pages, art journaling, all of that came and went and came and went and ended up where we are today. A bit of everything. <laughs> the Lego is a much easier story. Lego was for boys, wasn't my Lego. Over keyed when I got a paycheck when I was you know, 24 and haven't stopped collecting Lego since. <laughs> what was your first Lego set? Do you remember? Yeah, so my first Lego set was this tiny little witch and spaceman. They're, they're, they're two joint firsts. And they were both party presents for somebody else. And I can't remember what happened, whether we didn't go to the party or whatever, but they were 2 99 from Woolworths, which used to be this old store um, in the UK. I don't, I don't know if they have Woolworths anywhere else in the world or if they did, um, but they were tiny and I think I still have both of them somewhere, but they were literally one minifigure and like their backpack or the cauldron for the witch. Um, they were good. They were good. That's fantastic. Oh man. I love that so much. So what are you doing now? What do you, what, what creative projects do you have on your plate currently? Oh, that's a good question. Um, daily pages, of course. <laughs> I love my daily pages. Um, but in terms of the more kind of scrapbooky side of things, I have two projects that, three projects that I keep up very strictly with, um, all based, based on Kathy Zolski's messages to my senior class. Um, so I have one for my toddler, one for my newborn, who's in a newborn, and one for me, which I call po- messages to my postpartum self. Um, and I've had that one for four years, because my toddler's four, the toddler has four um, books in this series. And the newborn has one, or building one. And all that is, is a single picture and a paragraph every week. And so at the end of the year, when we reach the kids' birthdays, they just get a little, one little book, eight by eight. And it's one picture and one sentence, uh, one paragraph about the week. Um, And even if all hell goes to loose during the week, that's the one project I find very, very easy to, to keep up with. And I really like that project, it's just simple. Um, project life is an ongoing battle between me and my desire to want to do it and loving the results but not necessarily loving the journey <laughs> so, how long have you been doing project life oh that's a good question I started in 2013 which was physical 12 by 12 was my first like delve into like, the real scrapbooking world got the page protector shipped in America and um, all that jazz and realized no 12 by 12 <laughs> physical albums are not for me I still have that album of like 13 weeks and all the empty page protectors <laughs> waiting to be filled 2014 was digital 2015 was physical 2016 onwards it's been digital and then I just finished 2021 like maybe four weeks ago so 2022 is up for grabs like I'm gonna go down the route of less weekly more uh Shannon's pages you know how she does her life book I really like yeah that. That's, I've done one month, I've done January in that kind of style. Uh, her and Natalie Polzniak, I think, do very similar pages. And I'm like, ah, oh, they look awesome. So those are like kind of magazine spreads. Yeah, so 2013, on off. Wow, almost 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah, you've been scrapbooking a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since I moved to, well, I think probably since I got a proper paycheck, which is probably like 2009, 2008, post-university. 2010 was definitely my first, first like scrapbook when I moved to Japan. It was like, oh, oh so many things. Um, that's when I kind of fell into Ali Edwards and Kathy Zolski and well, 
It's history. <laughs> so this is something you and I have had conversations about before. Mm. What have been some of your experiences being somewhat of an outsider in the scrapbooking world? Yeah, we have had these conversations. They've been very interesting. So I'm quite used to being um, a little bit different, shall we say? Um, well, that, you know, like, this is one of those things, right? Like we have in common. This is one of those reasons, like, <laughs> I love you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when I moved to Japan, I was like a, a very strange British brown lady, and everyone expected me to be a, an American white man. So the schools were not too impressed when I turned up. And I'm like, wait, she doesn't drive. She's not white. She's not a man. Oh, does she even speak English? I'm like, <laughs> It's slightly different to the color color conversation that we're going to have. But yes, um, and I think that's kind of when I when I first realised it. Not everywhere in the world is like London. I've been very very lucky to live in London, where it's so multicultural that you don't blink. Um, and then all of a sudden, actually, that first experience when I went to university, I never, you know, I felt a little bit more of being a minority. But really, it, it hit me with culture clash in Japan. And then as I discovered scrapbooking. I remember discovering thinking, oh, um, yeah, okay, I can I can follow this person. But now there's oh, okay, sort of a year later, there's still the same kind of people doing the same kind of birthdays and the 12 by 12 pages. And I was waiting for it to change, and it never really changed. <laughs> even, even now, it's still very, it's still very traditional, shall we say. Even when you try and find pockets non-tradition, it's still quite traditional. Um the modern desire to represent life in a specific way. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody feels like that, not at all. Um, it's just that there is a lot of that, of uh, the white picket fence. Um, it's quite hard to find products in the UK. It's quite hard to find products for non-child rearing scrapbookers. Um, and up until 2018, that was me. And I was like, where's my kit to go outside and party? Where's my kit to want to celebrate board games? Where's my kit to like read? And like, now we have a lot of reading kits, but yeah. Um, I don't share on Instagram, which is probably one of the strangest things. I don't share on Facebook. I don't use Facebook or Instagram. Um, I don't share any of my scrapbooking apart from with my family. And that's a bit lonely. I'll admit it's a bit lonely, but it's the right place for me to be because there isn't many people. I'm just, um, I'm just thinking out loud. There isn't many people like me. And in a way, there is a lot of pressure to be representative of the kind of person that I am, i.e., you know, brown, Indian, mother, but also very much a feminist scrapbooker. And I've kind of shied away from that. And I think that's okay. But it's there's a, there's some pressure. I feel like I should represent us as a, as a minority You bring up such a great point. And if we think about just the concept of intersectionality, yeah, like who is it? Who is it that you're actually representing? Because you can't represent, you can't just pick a group and be like, okay, now I'm representing this group today. Like, well, now I'm representing this group. It just doesn't work that way. Our lives are not sections, exactly like you're saying. Oh, we can't just decide that today we're going to be flying the whatever flag that, you know, that I'm a feminist worker and then, but tomorrow I'm also a mum. But I mean, we, we have all these roles. And they clearly all come together to weave a beautiful thread of a human. Um, it's just such a shame that the major scrapbooking brands have got like realized that this, this is the key market. Like find a line that represents all of these crazy emotions of what it is to be human. And I think that 
kit would sell a lot or kits would sell a lot. I feel like I've seen this happen a few times. There's a few people who have done this like once yeah, twice. And um, Damask Love did a really good job of uh, doing a paper line. It was called Girl Power. Yes. Yes. I bought so much of that paper. I like, because I don't ever, I want one, I want to use it because it's great. And two, I don't ever, ever, ever want to run out of it. So there was a sale on it one day um, at the local Joanne over here and it was 10 cents and they had like a million of it in stock and I was like fine and so I bought like no joke I bought 20 sheets of like each piece of paper and I was like for two dollars I'm gonna get 20 sheets of that piece of paper yes I'm so jealous because even when brands do it because in the UK we're considered to be you know a weird faraway cousin we don't hear about we don't see it we don't know about it so we're like one scrapbook company did come out with it we'd we'd be like can you just give give us some can can we it's so like the scrapbooking companies also have done such weird since the last recession and all of the smaller companies kind of died and american crafts bought most of them the way that we see and get products has become so weird so like the only reason i really knew about that damask love girl power was because damask love amber herself like was talking about it and so it's like almost like if you don't follow the specific individual people who create these things you don't know they exist and And we come back to representation right we've come full circle to needing someone to represent a product that refers back to their entire life and if you don't if you don't happen to follow that person you'll never see the product that represents the whole of your life it's it's, so it's so hard I I understand it's not an easy problem to fix um but it still baffles me that so many companies don't offer digital products like again that's such an I I think I reached out to Pinkfresh yesterday and was like I love this series please tell me I can buy the digital someone they're like no but okay thanks (laughs) I want your files Pinkfresh like I will pay you for them but they're like sorry we don't produce digital so it's like oh okay that's disappointing yeah yeah digital files increase accessibility they do they really do ah we'll get and and you know right accessibility is such a huge part of you know just feminist scrapbooking in general yeah I say the word scrapbooking and people are like I'm sorry what what do you do what's your project what sorry so I'm like photo books like okay like photography they're like right and I'm like right let's start with photography and then they're like so do you glue things in a book then I'm like yeah I'm like you find that fun then I'm like yeah like, their face is just like is this a thing anymore in the 90 like what year are we 2022 do people still buy glue stick people always ask me do you still write I'm like yes like handwriting I'm like yes with a, with a real pen yes not, not on an iPad no and it baffles me because it's like such a natural instinctive thing that humans have done for years to write to think to you know stick stuff down even if it wasn't literally but yeah it just it it baffles me that um scrapbooking companies are going more and more narrow but it's like you have a world of people you could talk to that would love your products that would 
don't know. I'm talking about like a scrapbook revolution here. <laughs> I am absolutely here for your scrapbook revolution. 100 <laughs> time. <laughs> well, you know, that's it. You're not the only one that feels that way. And smaller companies are trying to do things like paper person tries to create some stuff and she does a good job of trying to cater to smaller niche things. Yeah, she really Um, does. And we've had her on the show a couple of times, Kelly Perky, and she has talked about how, because she's a smaller company, she can do quicker turnaround and which is, which is fantastic. That's awesome. But yeah, the big corporations are very, they, they create a very prescribed way to scrapbook. Yeah, and it blows my mind because I live in London and I see so many different cultures. I think even if it, even if you looked at it from a purely capitalist viewpoint, a consumer and capitalist viewpoint, even if you were like pro, really, really pro-capitalism, you'd be like, how can we make the most amount of money? We'll reach out to the most amount of people and go, dig into this huge amount of culture that you have. Like Paper Person is great with the Ramadan kit she did and the Eid and the um, Diwali kits, but there are still thousands more religions like where's the buddhism kit where's the taoism kit where's the, the insert where's the lightsaber kit like yes we have we have people that are really the stars here where's the polling day kit again i know that there's a u.s things where um i don't know i just that you can make money is my point um, you guys call it polling day yes yes oh that's make- awesome so we had one there a couple of days ago uh, last last thursday um and like local elections happen all the time around here, like councils and where's the, this is going to sound really stupid, but where's the kit about recycling? Where's the kit about the wind power? Where's the kit about climate change? <laughs> Where are all the kits about like real life day-to-day things that aren't just birthdays and picnics and like those things are lovely. And I get that not everyone wants to scrap with real life. Like I understand the desire to want to live in a, a fluffy world of, um, you know, cake and birthdays i get it but i also want to like i want to document the streets because my kids are obsessed (laughs) i want a picture of the streets with a little garbage can next to it that's the kind of stuff i want to look back on and think wasn't it awesome when the street sweeper came and cleaned the streets (laughs) silly i know street sweeping was so evil growing up oh just because so growing up um we had alternate side of the street parking yeah and our side of the street was Monday. Oh. So it was Monday. The car had to be moved Monday, eight o'clock in the morning. And that was just like torture. It was the worst. But this is like a story of your childhood, right? This is an interesting story. Like, I want to document the fact that all the street sweepers are male. Because when my toddler asks, where are the female street sweepers? I want to be like, good question. Why are there no female street sweepers? Why are there no female garbage people, right? Like, these are the kinds of questions that I think are so important. And I know that scrapbooking is a, uh, we, we talk about feminist scrapbooking a lot, but that is, that is the intersectionality of scrapbooking and, you know, real life. Like, where, where are the, the women careers? Like, today we have an Amazon lady, a, a lady who delivered my Amazon parcel. I was like, yes, lovely to meet you. <laughs> because... There's representation in every job, but, uh, well, there should be, but these are the kinds of stories that I want to write this story about, the fact that street sweeping seemingly is by a specific ethnic minority here as well. Why is that the case? Let's talk about it. Perhaps not right now, but let's talk about it. You, You hit on such an interesting note here, though. These 
again, like silly and nonsense questions are part of their world building from our childhood, from our own world. And, you know, of course we all live on earth. It's round. We're not going to get into that argument, but we all have our own world that we live in. And, you know, our worlds expand as we grow up and see and experience different things. But a lot of us have these shared stories and experiences through things like, what was your deal with street sweepers? (laughs) I want my scrapbooking to be a celebration of the culture that I live in and the time that I live. And when there are no products or kits or easy ways to do that, I find myself on the fringe of scrapbooking and the burden of having to represent as well as document and capture feels like a lot. And like you said, it's not easy to represent, but I feel like there are so many ways that companies could help us do that. And all it would do would increase their profit margin, essentially. I understand supply costs and their problems, and maybe it would take a while to build but I really think if we looked at if we started to look at scrapbooking as a lens to understand culture and a lens to help our children, or not, not necessarily our, our, our own selves understand the culture that we live in and the differences between people and the shared experiences, you know, we'd save the world. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're doing a good job at being better people. Absolutely. Like 100, 100, 100%. So I did a bunch of introspective worksheets at the beginning of the year from a bunch of different places, uh, basically every single mastermind or course that I was in did a, you know, goal setting workshop for 2022. The one thing that was in common on all of them was that I wanted more bookshelves. And so, you know, we finally got to Ikea, bought all the bookshelves. And as I was filling up my bookshelves with scrapbooks, I realized we are creating books. We're we're not, you know, we're not writing novels. We're not writing books of poetry, but we are writing and creating books. Memoirs of life lived. And that is how we do exactly what you just described. Share our culture and explain our differences. And I think it'd be very hard to be angry at someone in general in life if we could read something they wrote to themselves. And I've said that, and I don't know if I um, have explained it very well, but I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of anger in general in the world. And I just think that like, if we were to read each other's, maybe not each other's like private introspection journals, but if we read each other's scrapbooks, if we all like did a, here's my life, and we wrote a paragraph about what, what was the most important thing to us, I find it very hard to believe that we would have huge amount of differences we have today. I feel like writing and journaling and processing is a lost art. Um, and it's, it's sad. It's sad that we've got to that stage where we don't have time to listen to other people, to read other people, to, um, you know, to, uh, not all of us, and not all the time. Um, but I, I really do think it would help. Well, I think you hit on a really good point is that we have such small amounts of time. Mm now and you know going back to the scrapbook companies 
the scrapbook company's job is to make it easier for people to scrapbook. Yeah. yeah. That is that is what they do. They solve the problem of, you know, it's difficult to do things with a blank page. So they make yeah. patterned paper that's pretty and inspires you. They make journal cards with prompts on them. They make stickers that, you know, represent the Christmas tree, the zoo, your, you know, house. Um, but the problem is, is that, you know, they only make Christmas trees. Yeah, life is not that anymore. It's gone so fast. And when you look at the phone in a, I don't know, a sticker sheet, it's like either a, either a jokey 1980s like rotor phone or it's like generic mobile phone, you know, like iPhone cut out. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I want a picture of like every phone ever made, but it's it's just very, I can't help thinking that some of the scrapbook companies are run by men. <laughs> Oh, they are, but they are all run by men. You must spend time with phone and hoovering and picnic and flower. Of course you want a flower. You, you nice cave woman. Yeah, a flower. Like, seriously, where is the spreadsheet? Where is the, I don't know, where is like the things I actually do with my life, which is not that. Where's the clock? <laughs> actually, there are a lot of clocks, but, you know, you mentioned time. And I, I find that a very funny uh, concept because... Uh, when people say, how do you have the time to scrapbook? It's like, no one has the time to scrapbook. But you choose to spend your time on things that you love. And right. if you are curious about understanding your culture and your journaling, and your, like, if this is important to you, you do it. And I think people find it very funny that you can find importance in gluing things down because it's not as serious as running or, you know, um, health, healthy eating. But I would say it's more important than both those things together. Well... Process your stuff. Process your brain. It's good for you. It's one of those things. Scrapbooking is one of those things that helps you, one, figure out who you are. Helps you figure out what your values are. Yeah. And you don't realize how important it is until you stop doing it as well. When you take a break from it, you're like, I feel so crazy. Like my head is spinning. It's like, oh, maybe I should just do some stuff down and write a sentence and process this picture and think oh that's what I did on that day and now I feel better it is literally why I created daily pages and it's how daily pages pulled me out of burnout like just be like oh okay I'm gonna pick a sticker up off a piece of paper and put it onto another piece of paper and somehow that act of creating stories through words and pictures Mm. is it's a interesting form of communication i was gonna say magic but yeah let's go with interesting form of communication (laughs) it is it's an interesting form of magic and you know what it's funny um because right like you take things that are you know your the the sum is greater than the parts yes like there's seemingly some reason you kept the things on your desk right like if they were actually trash you put them in the bin and mm-hmm. if there was something in your brain has gone, you know what, this is useful, or this is some, this is meaningful to me in some way. Now, does that mean it's meaningful to you in every day, in every circumstance? Does it mean you won't change your mind tomorrow? No. But the moment you saved it, your brain's going, this, this item, this thought, this quote, this picture on my camera roll, this meme, it made me laugh, this, you know, coffee cup, something had meaning. And the beauty of Daily Pages is that it reduces the gap between when that had meaning and when you actually do something about it. Because yes. it's long, 
then things end up in the bin because you forget the meaning, you forget the story. This is why generic or general scrapbooking doesn't always work because you're quote unquote behind or you forget if you don't journal and blah, 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 blah. The daily pages is just, here's my thing. It had meaning. I remember the meaning. I'm going to write it down. It doesn't have to be a big meaning. It could just mean I really like this coffee, but it could be actually this coffee has a huge backstory that I, I just want to get out of my head, but it reduces the gap between this thing has meaning and I want to get it out of my brain because it's important to me. Um, and I want to save it. And that's, that I think is the magic of daily pages. It gives you that compression. Um, and then if tomorrow you decide, you know what, these things are on my desk, they don't have meaning anymore, sweep them into the bin, let it go, because your brain will find meaning in something else tomorrow. So there's no pressure, there's no worry. There's no, for somebody who worries a lot, hands up. Um, it, it, it relieves the guilt. It relieves the guilt of always wanting to do something and never finishing it. That makes sense? Absolutely. And I think, I love the fact that you're talking about how with daily pages, you get the chance to use the thing. Yes. And then if you don't want to use the thing, it doesn't have to sit there. No, you make the decision and that reduces the decision fatigue, right? Yeah, it absolutely reduces the decision fatigue. And because you're doing a page so routinely and not because it has to go in a book or it has to look at a certain way or be yes. of a certain day, time, place you're not ascribing a certain meaning to the thing you kept. You're just yeah. saying, oh, this is interesting. Should I use it? Yes or no? Yeah. And you're giving it a certain time frame. So in a connected vein, I've subscribed to Ali Edwards' story digital kits for, I don't know, since 2016, maybe earlier. I have never made an actual page from those digital kits. Like, I've kept the cards, I've used the cards in other projects, using them in Project Life, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, every every um time she has the classroom like i'll go in on the 15th i'll watch the videos like religiously watch the videos on the 15th feel super inspired come away and think i will make a page but i don't because the pressure of making a scrapbooking page feels so intense because like it should be this way it should be that way where will it go what is the format oh my god like now she's moved to the bigger size pages do i now need to like how do i print what kind of photos do i need none of that matters if i print off a single journal card and stick it in a daily page page because I've used the product and that is the easiest way to use it. I've tried a few lines, it's done. I've used the thing, it's taken away the pressure, but I've not used it in the way it's intended to be used. But I know that those skits are meaningful. Otherwise I wouldn't keep subscribing to them. I have stories I want to tell with those skits. I just don't find the way that they are supposed to be used, i.e. creating a scrapbook, like you said, the way that I end up using them, which is a revelation to me as I'm saying it. <laughs> ah. But as I am on the Allie Edwards brand ambassador team, and I pretty much exclusively only post daily pages on Instagram, maybe (laughs) you are supposed to be using them in daily pages. Ah, there we go. The meeting of my world is complete. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think actually that's the way you should look at it. Yeah, yeah. Like I love her story kits. I really do. I just just cannot use them in making actual scrapbook pages and I don't know why. Take me six years to figure that out, uh, but I still love the kids, and I still, I still love using them, like in, like I said, in, in other ways. Um, it's always, it's always, it always depresses me on the fifteenth when I go and go. I'm going to make this page, and then a month goes by, and I haven't made a page, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be using them in this way, and I'm not, but I'm still using them, so they are still meaningful. That's honestly one of my favorite things is figuring out, <laughs> you know, what you don't 
like or what you don't use or what is the way that you're not creating because then it means that you don't have to think about is that the right decision for me anymore yeah yeah and and that takes up so much brain space it does and the barrier to entry is so high to make a scrapbooking page and I don't know why <laughs> it shouldn't be right it shouldn't be but it is it, sometimes it feels like it is I'm, I'm saying it like everyone has the same issues they don't or maybe they do in different ways but the the thing with daily pages is it's the same size it's the same pattern it's the habit we spoke about it it's going to be a we're going to talk about habits in a second but just there is no there's no stress just stick something out put the page carry on yeah yeah yeah. And so do you think that it's because you have the habit with daily pages that makes it easier than your other projects? Because the other projects you were talking about that you work on too are habitual. Yes. The first three projects are the, the messages to my senior class and the three ones that I have. They are, yeah, they're very habitual. I have them on my to-do list every Sunday night. They never get done on Sunday, but the point is they're there. Uh, Project Life waivers. It doesn't have a set day, probably a... Um, a, a red flag uh but daily pages every day monday to friday uh five o'clock i'm there when i mean and this week i've missed a few and i've just left blank spots because i know i'll go back to it i know that i will fill those pages in because i like um i like a complete book and yeah i think daily pages has also worked because i somehow have found the right blend of art and non-art words and no words um the accountability of the group is fantastic um there's no stress if you can attend. There's no stress if you don't attend. Like if you if you do attend, it's lovely. Um, yeah, everything is like the trifecta of like accountability, art, and journaling, and time is all that. That's a square. You get my point. It's all come together. Whereas I've tried art journaling before, mm, too messy. I've tried. You know, I, I still long form journal every morning. That I guess another habit. Um, and I've tried scrapbooking, and I, I still do scrapbook, but not in this very casual, very friendly way. Beyond daily pages. So. What are your favorite tools and supplies that you're using right now? Ah, uh, yeah, good question. I have just got a, a bit of a uh, digi uh, shopping spree, and I bought a bunch of uh, Inner Creative Bubble Feed Your Craft um, digital stuff because it has been a. I've been so jealous of the fact that Feed Your Craft existed in the U- US, and she didn't ship to the UK for so long. And then the Creative Bubble was like we have partnered and I got to offer the digital parts. I was like, yes, give me all of those. So I've patiently been cutting out um, die cuts, which I'm going to hate tomorrow. Because I'm be like, oh my God, <laughs> I have so many of these now. <laughs> um, so they, they are, they are filling my, my heart uh, with a lot of happy. Uh, other things, I'm really into friction pens. Uh, I don't know if you have them in the States. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really into those. Um, I just love the fact you can erase them, which probably means my journals will never last because in like six years, or the, or the writing is going to disappear. Or if, you know, for some bizarre reason, we decide to keep them, we're going to have to have them like properly heat controlled somewhere. <laughs> um, but I love friction pens and stencils. Those are my three, three things that are happiness inducing. And brandy, of course, brandy. How can I forget brandy? Like, there's all related on my page. You're mostly digi. Yes. I keep trying to throw the minimalist title on you <laughs> yes you do this this amuses me greatly uh because right here is a set of alex draws filled with non-digital scrapbooking supplies so tell us about your space and why i keep trying to force the minimalist sure. title on you uh okay so the reason i think you keep trying to force the minimal uh thing on me is because i live in a very small flat um 
It doesn't look on camera, that's because we're going with the wide-angled lens, but uh, we have four humans living in 800 square feet, so 80 square meters. So it is tight at the moment. Uh, we have three rooms. Uh, I no longer have a study, which was previously study, uh, the one wardrobe, the, the place where people slept. Now that has become the baby's room. So my scrapbooking lives on my hard drive, which is running out of space all the time. All the time. Um, the NAS, which has 12 terabytes and is also running out of space all the time. <laughs> but the completed projects live on a shelf. Um, there are very few projects I do physically, but I will always make an exception for Week in the Life and One Little Word and December Daily. Not because I'm an Ali Edwards fangirl, but just because I love seeing these projects over time. Like I love seeing our life in 2013 was the first Week in the Life I did. And like nine years later, being able to see another week in my life is, is awesome. Like I like that. Um, but in terms of actual supplies, I use my printer quite a lot. And then I have a single set of Alex straws and quite a lot of baskets, but we're into the baskets. So let's just say all my scrapbooking stuff fits in a single set of Alex straws. Um, so that's, is that minimal? I'm not sure. Um, what are your plans for a week in the life this year? Oh, yeah, good question. I was very taken by the journal, but in the end, I decided against it because I'm noticing that I am very easy to jump on the journal or, um, yeah, the journal bandwagon. So I tried to send a daily in the journal. Oh, no, it did not work. And oh, I did because I finished the project, but oh, it was hard going. And I jumped on the journal bandwagon for one little word. Oh, I missed my six by eight album. <laughs> so I am going to uh, stick with what works, which is a six by eight album. I've got the 2019 kit that I bought in a sale recently. Uh, I love that kit. I also love the fact that she's already posted her pages with that kit because then it, I don't have to wait for her to complete her week, then look at the inspiration, then freak out, then spend a week thinking how I will copy it, like, you know, do, do my version of it. Instead, I'm just going to look at the 2019 pages. I feel like I'm ahead of the game. Um, but we're actually away from the actual week in the life week, um, which is weird because we don't do that anymore. Travel, what is travel? <laughs> so I haven't decided whether I'm going to document the same week as everyone else or do a week after but yeah i'll be using the 2019 kit and i'll probably get a six-way album from scrapbook.com my current plan yeah i think hmm. since we haven't traveled in a long time yeah. how are you planning to document your travel ah oh, i'm suck at i suck at travel albums i really do i get so excited i take all the supplies which i mean by a book and um like literally a, a scalp book but not a scalp book like the same size and then I did a diligently journal for the first four days, then get behind, then fail, and then give up. <laughs> so I will, uh, again, learn from my mistakes and probably just do a, um, just do Project Life, the the, 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 the the new version of my life kind of book and just throw all our vacation pictures in there. Yeah, although I always have the right to change my mind if Ali Edwards' travel class tends to inspire me and then go through the whole boom and bust cycle of not being able to complete it. That's a good idea. I've had a couple of travel albums that I've loved over the years. Um, some that I've done on the road, some that I've done when I got home. Mm. I have a massive one. Insanely massive. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was the first time that I went away on a scrapbook retreat. I'm so jealous these things exist. <laughs> um, I was 21. So you were like the black sheep of the scrapbooking, like you were the pariah, pariah, pariah. Oh, I, yeah, I was, I was, (laughs) I was, and oh boy, did I get some culture shock. It was in the middle of Wisconsin and I had, I had, I had only ever been up and down like the middle of the East coast and oh boy, there were only like three strip malls in the entire town. And it was, you know, there was a Holiday Inn Express that we stayed at. And it was, like, the, the people I hung out with were amazing. Yeah, um, sure. Like, that was fantastic. They were great. Like, also, oh, my God. We went to, like, the one bar in town. <laughs> Top shelf mixed drinks. $2.50. Get out. No, and it was, act- it was like, Friday drinks. night. It was no! Friday night. I will not tell you how much I spent on a margarita earlier. It'll make i mean like no joke like we would we jeff and i made a deal that like we would just stop drinking in new york city because the drinks were as much as the andres yeah 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 like, yeah like no 19 dollars for a cocktail are you kidding me like what did you put in here gold we had a bit of a culture shock when we uh when we had a margarita lunch today like it's 9 p.m i should, should note like i've not been drinking before this interview <laughs> But at lunchtime, we just had a terrible day. We went to a nacho. I love nachos. That's my other secret passion in life. Uh, we, we went to a nacho place and I was like, we should have margarita because the last time I went there, I was pregnant. I was like, absolutely. And they're like, would you like margarita? I was like, yes. And then uh, it was 15 pounds. And I was like, wow. Like, it was a really good margarita. But 15 pounds is always $20. And I was like, that was my culture shock in the middle of Wisconsin when I was 21. I have this am- incredible scrapbook album because not only did I have my pictures, but everyone else at the retreat took pictures. So we all had a shared drive and no joke, it had like a thousand pictures because there were like 30 of us there and it was an amazing event. She put on such a good retreat and like this scrapbook, uh, it was a website and it was wonderful. And it was, you know, this scrapbook website was one of the reasons that I wound up creating the Awesome Ladies Project. Um, like, this community was amazing. Uh, and, like, no joke, the woman who did the retreats, she came in from Germany to do them. And, like, she used to live in this place in Wisconsin. So it was just such a, it was such a weird situation. Yeah. yeah. But. It's always, it's always strange meeting internet friends in real life, isn't it? It is. <laughs> so strange. It's less of a stigma now than it used to be, but like ten years oh, yeah. ago, met someone on the internet. People would be like, "Are you going to be stabbed?" Or can I have your like details before you go meet this person? And they're all fine. But my parents, well, my mother was not super happy when I was like, "Yep, getting on an airplane and going to the middle of <laughs> Wisconsin to meet all of these people from the internet." So tell me about one of the best things that you've created lately. I was very, I was very happy to finish Project Life 2021. That was yeah. a hard thing to, yeah. I, I, it was hard only because I let myself get quote unquote behind. But I also find that I have to be a certain amount behind before I can work on the project. It's, it's one of the weird ones where I have to let it marinate for, I use the word for a good reason, because I kind of need a little bit of distance from the week. Or, and I, I know it's very much a weekly thing for me. I, I love the weekly. I moved to monthly once, but it didn't 
I ended up using the same amount of pages. So I was like, why not with our weeks um, on a weekly basis? Because I, I love seeing when you think you don't live a life, i.e. the pandemic, and then you look back and you're like, oh, actually, we, we, we do. We do a lot of things. Like, even though we don't think we do, we, we went to that park and we got that coffee and we took a random Thursday three. Uh, so I really like Project Life. just wish it was a bit easier. And that's probably just because I have many, what's the word, around it, um, habits around it that perhaps aren't serving me so well anymore. Uh, but I was very happy to get that done. Now I just have to figure out how to spell check it and print it. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just not doing that right now. <laughs> it's just, it's gone into the finished, but needs work, like needs the last step on. Um, I'll do that at some point. <laughs> Are you tackling it the same way this year? No, so this year I've done the, um, the life book kind of thing, the, the Natalie Posnick, Sharon Manton, hybrid mix I'm going to call it you can see my hand gestures here uh where they basically Shannon's gone down the more like digital art um art digital art generally thing but I've been really interested in watching her progression over the last few years how she kind of um went from project life and then moved it to a planner page and then moved it to her journal and all the different sizes she's experimented with and how much she's used blurb um because I know she's in Australia so she has very similar constraints and what can be printed and can't be printed and trade books and not and I also just fascinated the fact that she this is going off tangent slightly but just just the kinds of things she puts in a scrapbook because I don't just want my scrapbooks to just be about the children that I have them uh, because I did a lot of scrapbooking prior to children and you know my life is still my, my life uh, it's very easy just to be like going to fill project life with 10 photos of the baby this week of the cute babies yeah yeah and no one else it's like meanwhile the rest of our life goes on work dramas go up work dramas go down you know I still go out for um, drinks and well, I did, obviously, pandemic. Um, but I still have my very busy non-mum life. Um, and I want that to be represented because my scrapbooks are for me, not for anyone else. Um, so circling back to the main question. This year, I've gone down that kind of magazine format. and I, I did the whole of January. The problem is it's now like 15 double spreads, which I don't hate. Because again, if it's going in an 8 by 10 book, it's easy, much easier to print. Yeah, I'm enjoying the, the size mix-up. I never thought I'd say that. I thought I was a die-hard 12 by 12 Project Life, seven photos, seven card person, uh, because the habit served me so well. But now mixing up a bit, being able to play with like, more vertical photos, enlarging enlarging photos of the, of the kids is nice. Enlarging photos of not the kids is nice. We'll see, though. I'm, uh, when I do, I, I need to see that January, February, March kind of together. There's no weekly markers which makes my brain break <laughs> is daily pages the only physical scrapbooking you do apart from week in the life some daily one that's word mm-hmm. yeah, daily page is pretty much the only physical is that true i kind of think yeah i think so i do um i do have a b6 journal which i write in religiously i wouldn't call that a scrapbook because um it's it's all words occasionally i'll stick a like a tiny sticker in um but it's, and photos, photos go in there, like very, very rarely a photo goes in there, maybe a picture of the family um, or a brandy um, Instagram photo, of course. Um, but yeah, apart from that, Daily Pages is the, own, that it's the most consistent scrapbook, um, physical scrapbook I do. And I'm worried when it will end. Like, like my brain is like, when will we stop doing Daily Pages? Because it will make me sad. I'm like, never, we're never going to stop doing Daily Pages. But there's something I've learned about scrapbooking is that, 
nothing lasts forever. Like you can get locked in these patterns of I'm going to do Project Life. And then you get five years down the line with Project Life and you're like, wait, do I have to now do Project Life for the rest of my life? Um, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, like daily pages I want to do for the rest of my life. But it's like, but at some point you want to like evolve and move on and that's okay. And that's taken me 10 years to like process the ups and downs. Yeah, I feel that completely. I still have all of my 12 by 12 scrapbooks from college from post-college and my life was so drastically different back then mm. and I'm never ever ever going to scrap up like that again yeah and that ever, like ever it feels sad right that sometimes I feel nostalgic for the the times when that felt meaningful like I look at some of my old digital scrapbook layouts from like that age where like half like 99% of the stores are probably shut down yes I feel nostalgic about some of those pages I think oh like those were really I remember being part of the challenges and the calls and the live chats and the insert, you know, thing here. And in a way, I'm I'm sad that that's, I'm not sad that it's evolved, but I'm nostalgic for was that way. I opened up one of my scrapbooks because I was moving them all. And one of the first layouts on the top is, it's so stupid. I, I don't even know why, like, I don't even remember what the title is, but it's, like cut out it's like die cut paper and there's nine pictures of brad pitt on it and the challenge was to use 10 brads but like obviously they meant like you know brads i had to explain it to the people like multiple times they were like kristen you're supposed to use brads and i'm like guys there's brads all over the layout but this this exactly is a culture clash it's right this is the difference between someone who is a childless feminist scrapbooker like at 21 or whatever age it was and you were you know I'm gonna use the word young but you like fresh in the hobby and interpreting it in a very modern way that fitted your being specific there your life was about Brad Pitt or or that you just found Brad Pitt funny or handsome but but like that that isn't such an amazing interpretation of the prompt and then someone's going, no, but you're supposed to use split pins on it. Like we call, I think we, I think they're the same thing, brads and split pins. But you're supposed to use that, those. And you're like, but, but why? Why would I put like random gold dots on my page if there's nothing that ties those random gold dots on my page? Brad Pitt or any other Brad here, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, to explain it to someone and justify it is is quite. Um... And like, by the time I explained it to everybody, everyone was laughing. But like. Right. If if you have to explain the joke, then is it really funny? Yeah. Let's wrap up this episode with currently. Yes. Let's do it. Hey, Kinja, what are you currently watching? Survivor Series 42. You Americans make good drama, make good reality TV and terrible reality TV at the same time. It's perfect. I think your reality television is so much better. Yes, you love the, the British slowdown, the pottery slowdown. I still haven't found um, someone that shows that here. I need to I need to go investigate. Um, oh, yeah, you guys are so much nicer. There's no animosity. <laughs> like, you don't cut to commercials at, like, the stupidest oh, times. The, I don't know, though. They've tried to mix some of the American versions of MasterChef into the British version of MasterChef. So now you compete for an apron, and I'm like, it doesn't fit the format. Like, let's just not try and make this a additional drama for the sake of it like clearly they're gonna just cook we need to get an apron it's very Gordon Ramsay even though the the two people that are actually presenting are nothing like Gordon Ramsay yes it's they're like the the competitiveness they're just like we're gonna compete and it was like okay sure we are yeah all right (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. What are you currently reading? I am reading How to Worry Less and also How to Talk So Little Children Will Listen and Listen So Little Children Will Talk. Um, my son has, does not have an issue with the talking part. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I've just finished um, in fiction, One of Us is Lying, which is not the book I thought it was going to be. And um, One of Us is Next is a sequel. Um, it's very, One of Us is Next, One of Us is Lying is very um, Pretty Little Liars, which I did not expect. I thought it was very serious, like, you know, murder mystery. No, it's just Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars. So if you like that genre, Kristen, you, you might enjoy those two books. I will put them on hold on yeah. the library. I need, um, I need recommendations for next fiction book. Ooh, uh check out the book club forum they will give you early yes. a million recommendations if there are not it's already cool. um, for answers was, was quite funny i did enjoy that oh it was it was hilarious oh have you read it i have uh the aunties were the best it was very malaysian having been to malaysia i was like yes that's uh, that's a good representation what are you currently listening to all the podcasts uh people of course um, Parenting Hell by Josh Widdicombe and Beckett. I recommend that to everyone because it's just so funny. Um, Today in Focus, which is a news podcast. I should not listen to that, but I do. <laughs> and Happier, Greg Rubin. Um, Elise Gets Crafty. I thought she did a very good episode recently with uh, How to Make Time for Hobbies with Children. That was a good one. Um, some random podcasts have slipped in there. There's one about Lego. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it. Mostly podcasts and the occasional oh, scrub soundtrack season one that came into my playlist yesterday. Awesome, that has been a while since we had the scrub soundtrack season one, so it was still good. I love that. What are you currently making? Uh, daily pages, (laughs) nice. Um, making otherwise, uh, making plans always fun. Yeah, what are you feeling? Okay. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we went quite deep in this podcast. I'm like, oh, yes, it's, uh, it's good. It's, good. it's, <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> what are you currently planning? Uh, Italy. Going to Italy for six weeks. Oh, um, I forgot to say, I was watching Stanley Tucci. Mm-hmm. Goes to Italy. Oh, have you seen this? I, I've only <laughs> seen uh, previews of it. Oh, everyone was recommending it to me. I was like, no, no, I don't like food. Like, I don't like movie stars pretending they know things about food. I was wrong. I was so wrong. It's such a good watch. So I'm planning Italy and I'm planning to uh, eat myself into a carb coma, one in Italy. I am. Um, see, this is why I think you should scrapbook so that I can see your trip to Italy. <laughs> I'll take you page it. Don't worry. Don't okay, think. good. I'm so excited. That's going to be so awesome. I'm slightly afraid that uh, all I will eat is pasta and pizza for six weeks. And I'm afraid simply because I'm like, where is the fiber? Like, where is the protein? Yeah, they'll put it in the pasta. Will they? Lots of mushrooms. Lots of, I mean, it'll be, it'll be the summer. So there'll be, it'll be peak produce season. Yeah. What are you currently loving? Hmm. Oh, Oh, the new Lego sets that have been released for the summer. I don't have enough money or space or love or time for them. I'm like, oh, these are so good. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about all that Lego that I want to buy but can't. <laughs> What's your favorite? The bathtub bike. Have you seen the bathtub bike? No. 
Yeah, well, and you need to see the bathtub. Like it is literally so the Lego stunt. Lego have come up with this new range called Stunts, which is a bunch of like flywheel um, bikes that you pull back and they do various stunt tricks. But the latest one they're about to release is this stunt, like this pullback bike. But on the front is a bathtub, like an actual bathtub. So it's a man sitting in a bathtub or, or, or lady. I suppose you change the hair. Um, and then you put it back and the entire bike goes. I'm like, why? Why have you got a bathtub bike? I don't understand. I'm here for it, but I don't understand. Yeah, I'm going to go look that up as soon as we're done. It's like $8. Like, it's like seven pounds. So like, what, $10? That's, that's crazy. Bathtub bike will be coming to a daily page near you soon. Oh, that's <laughs> exciting. I love that. This has been amazing. You are amazing. I love talking to you. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to my rambling. <laughs> at any time, any time at all. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, everybody have an amazing week and we will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, if you don't already have the Awesome Ladies app, uh, come and join the app. Talk about the show over there. It's at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash app. It's free and you can come chat about the show, about scrapbooking, about all the awesome stuff. And you can upload your daily pages and any other projects that you are playing with working with in the middle of all the great things we would love to see you over there thank you so much for listening and have a great day bye everybody